But when you're buying a luxury good, you need to feel emotionally connected to the brand. And the only way to do that is through storytelling. And the great opportunity, oh my gosh, I get so jazzed about this. The great opportunity is that with the virtual space, you can do that so seamlessly and so beautifully. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Historically, luxury brands have thrived on exclusivity. Only the top tier of customer can access these brands and in turn be able to enjoy all of the products and experiences that are part of that brand representation. But as we've seen over the past two years, luxury is being redefined. We can largely thank the rise of the Gen Z consumer, the rise of social commerce, and of course, the maturity of the e-commerce landscape to thank for that. Well, Olivia Steele, who's co-founder and CEO of Conversation Couture, has a unique perspective on what digital means for the future of luxury and how luxury brands and retailers can use virtual experiences effectively to reaffirm and amplify their brand promise. So despite uh, naysayers who believe that digital will impact brand reputation or damage the exclusivity that they have worked so hard to create, Olivia paints a very interesting picture of why that is not the case. Listen in and find out what she has to say. Olivia, so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Alicia. I was really looking forward to chatting with you. And likewise, I am such a fan of a lot of the work luxury brands are doing, and I know it is a fast-evolving space, especially with all of the trends we're seeing in digital. So we have a lot to discuss today. Obviously, with your company, Conversation Couture, you're immersed in all things luxury, and you have a great background in merchandising, in-source sales, as well as e-learning. So it's quite a collection of backgrounds and skill sets. So I want to ask you, I mean, just to kind of set the stage for your expertise and what we're going to be discussing today, how did your career background position you for starting your company? Great place to start. So I worked in luxury fashion for several years and then did a total pivot to the Ivy League e-learning space. And I think because I was removed from the retail industry, I was put in a unique position to see it from the outside in. Sometimes when we're not in the thick of things, it's easier to see, you know, those glaring opportunities for improvement. And in my case, coming from a work environment where I was training teams to be driving sales in a 100% virtual and online format in the e-learning space, we were growing sales from $500,000 a month to growing it to $8 million a month. So I knew firsthand the opportunity the luxury fashion industry was leaving on the virtual table. And after having a absolutely horrendous online shopping experience one day with a luxury retailer, And having this combination of 
being inside and outside the industry, it put me in a position to write the first business idea for starting Conversation Couture. And during the journey of doing all of this, I realized that there weren't and there wasn't any upskilling opportunities for or certifications specifically for virtual retail sales. So with this experience and position, and of course, a little bit of help (laughs) from my team and my business partner, I created certification programs for virtual retail sales. But definitely the position of my background teed me up pretty well for this. Got it. And what I find in conversations with, you know, other founders, entrepreneurs, there tends to be a firsthand experience or a immediate pain point or challenge they're hoping to tackle when they start their business. But is it safe to say that just like based on your outside experiences, your own interactions with luxury brands, that there, it was kind of an all-in-one experience issue that you were experiencing that you were trying to solve for? Or were there particular areas that you really wanted to dig into as a key opportunity when you started the company? Yeah. So it's definitely a combination of everything. I think it's, I love the story. Um, Obviously, it kind of what prompted me to to create the whole company was I was trying to buy a birthday gift for myself, which sounds super selfish, but I was trying to buy something nice for myself as a celebratory gift. And I know what I wanted. And I went to the retailer that I thought I wanted to buy from and no one was there to assist me. And I had several questions. So I went to their social media, went to their Instagram page and no one was there to help me. I waited a couple hours, but ultimately that company lost my business because no one was there to assist me. As if I could go into the store, no one was there. So when I was starting this company, I was using my own personal experience, both in being a consumer and also knowing the inside of the luxury fashion industry, but also understanding the power and the reach that e-learning can facilitate for someone's development or facilitate for a business's success and development. So my goal was really to improve the virtual and online shopping experiences for customers. And as a consumer myself, I alluded to earlier, I was just so displeased with how I was treated online. And from my experience, knew it could be done so much better because at that time, I was doing it better for my e-learning company. And as a result, by improving the customer's experience, it directly increases engagement and ultimately leads to higher conversions and sales for businesses. I just have this huge passion for helping both individuals and businesses to achieve what's possible in the virtual retail space. And maximize what makes them unique. So if you go into any brick and mortar store, any physical store location, jewelry, a travel agency, hotels, leather handbags, you're going to be greeted, assisted, and guided. Online, it's an anonymous shopping experience, but it shouldn't be. And moving into the future of online retail, it's not going to be an anonymous shopping experience anymore. So that's really what is prompted prompted me and motivates me to to do what I do every day because if the customer experience is superb then fortunately it directly impacts the success of the business 
Yeah. You hit on some really powerful points there, Olivia, that I want to dig a little bit deeper into. But first, do not feel bad about treating yourself. I am all for (laughs) (laughs) the self-purchased birthday gifts, especially a nice luxury good. But I want to unpack your point a little bit around the disparity between in-person and digital that we saw for so long in luxury, because I had very similar experiences myself. And, you know, it makes me wonder if it was almost like brands were trying to maintain the exclusivity of the luxury experience. Like, oh, you have to go to our physical space. You have to have that one-to-one engagement and feel very special and closed off from everyone. And in a way, maybe it reaffirmed their position and their exclusivity because they weren't online. Because like, I guess there's this assumption that digital is always one to many or more accessible. But personally, I feel like that's changing. Like I know everyone's kind of at different stages in the journey and the process, but I'm curious about what you're seeing because you're so immersed in this space. I'm sure you're having lots of conversations with different brand leaders and executives. Like, are you seeing the perception of digital within the luxury community changing at all, especially with everything that happened with COVID and how people needed to be online? Yes and no. So here's the thing, and I'm going to backtrack just slightly. So luxury in itself is a feeling. And luxury creates a feeling of exclusivity. So luxury is truly in the in the entire industry in general is in their infancy of understanding what they want their digital presence to be. A lot of my conversations with CEOs and business owners is they're trying a lot of things through trial and error because of this new wave of incredible sales channel opportunity, but it's so new. And like you said, it was so expedited over the last couple of years. In my opinion, luxury was caught really flat-footed in regards to handling this shift of where customers are wanting to make purchases. And all of luxury is trying to figure out what will work for their unique and specific brand. Because in its essence, Like I said, luxury is a feeling when you are purchasing the item. When you wear the item, it gives you a positive feeling that you're wearing something really special. It's why I wanted to buy something really special for myself for my birthday. And luxury being online was non-existent because there was no strategy or sound technology to actually facilitate that experience in a virtual environment. And now... Oh my gosh, I have meetings all the time with amazing technology companies. The tech is so there, but the missing pieces is that they need to focus more on the training and upskilling of their people to create that exclusivity, that exclusive feeling in an online format. And in a lot of cases right now, brands are working on, and we work with brands to create that virtual and digital communication strategy Because speaking to a customer in person is a total 180 to speaking to them in an online and virtual setting. So I wouldn't say that luxury was apprehensive to go digital. I just don't think that they had the tools to actually facilitate it like they do now. 
Got it. Or possibly they just didn't know where to start exactly. since like their heritage was so yes. deeply rooted in physical and the boutique experience. So let's dig into this a, a little bit more because this is interesting. What I've found in other areas of retail is that, you know, everybody has their own unique journey. Everyone has their own unique strategy or experience that they're trying to convey, which impacts their investments and how they go about digital experience in particular. But there's also this narrative around how sometimes the bigger guys are slower to embrace these new things just because of legacy infrastructure, the culture of it all, the red tape, to put it nicely. Um, (laughs) So I'm curious, like, how you're seeing movement come to life in the luxury space. Like, are you seeing more movement from like the smaller brands, the fast growing brands that really want to kind of own the digital experience? Or are you kind of seeing just different levels of movement across the board? Like, I know it's really hard to kind of paint something clearly that's so gray, but I would love to hear if there are any overarching trends around, you know, adoption, interest, and also like where their priorities are right now. You are so spot on with companies trying to discover their own unique roadmap. So I like to call something, well, what I call it with my clients and individuals that I speak with is the magic trifecta of creating your roadmap and where to begin. So every business is driving traffic to their website. Every business is trying to figure out what technology they need to be offering on their website. And the last and final piece is the training aspect. How do I train my people to get up to speed with this new sales channel? So traffic, training, and technology is really the magic trifecta of where to begin in their journey. And the smaller businesses definitely have the advantage of utilizing their virtual sales channel faster. And the reason being is because there's not so many hoops to go through. I can't tell you the amount of times I've gone into massive companies, boardrooms, and you have a group of people, group of 10 people or more that need to agree upon the idea or implementation to go through. That in itself takes an exorbitant amount of time. But the challenge is these people in the boardrooms, they've never done this before. And everyone's trying to guess what the right thing is going to be. So the larger established brands do have some virtual sales channel options, but they are way underutilized and in, in some not even taking advantage of the technology that they are investing in because it's never been done before and that's okay. So one of our goals when we started the company was to help small business owners keep up with the larger brands. And now we actually find that it's the opposite. So large companies, it's like moving. I relate it. My business partner says this all the time. It's like moving a cruise ship. It's like turning a cruise ship. It's trying to avoid the glacier of mistake, right? And in smaller businesses, they're able to pivot so much quicker because they're willing to try something out really quickly. If it doesn't work, that's fine. They can pivot and make changes really, really easily because of the size. With the larger companies, they have so much more to take into consideration. For example, like a small jewelry company may have five or 10 sales specialists on the floor. A company like Cartier or Tiffany's, you know, in one state may have 400. So it's a totally different rollout and a totally different roadmap and strategy. But I find that all companies 
need to start at the magic trifecta, you know, traffic, technology, and training. So once they have that started, realizing who they're driving to their website, whose attention they're grasping, and then selecting, okay, what technology do I actually want on my website to facilitate the experience that I want for my customers? And then taking it a step further, and in my opinion, one of the most essential pieces of it is, all right, now I'm driving the traffic. Now I have the technology. Now, how do I utilize the people that already work for me to train them and upskill them, to empower them to grow in this new sales channel, to ultimately increase sales and conversions within my own business? With larger numbers, it's just harder to pivot. So I think that the smaller brands before all of this were trying to keep up with what the larger brands were doing. And now the larger brands are trying to keep up with how fast the smaller brands are able to pivot. Yeah, that's great. Definitely some good points. And and I'm curious if there are any interesting nuances or differences in like how these different brands are connecting the tech implementations, the like, I guess, validating the investment from a business perspective, because like I know for luxury in particular, like, there are a few key narratives or macro issues like global expansion, reaching Gen Z, like developing a long term path to sustainable growth. Like, are they having conversations with you that they were like trying to connect the use case to a bigger goal or a bigger objective for the organization? And is there any interesting overlap there? Yeah. So I think all companies right now are trying to figure out what kind of an experience they want to have for their customers. And when I'm talking to these both small and large brands, some of the priorities are really just going to revert back to why they started to begin with. So a lot in, the, in today's climate and in the way that the market is moving, Buyers and customers, they want to feel connected to brands. And the only way that brands are able to do this is to share their unique perspective on what they do and why they do it. Why would a company, I'll stick with the jewelry example. I guess I need to like get buy some jewelry or something. It keeps coming to mind. <laughs> but why would a jewelry company begin and start in the super saturated market that the jewelry market is? I mean, I bet you and I both can think of probably 15 brands off the top of our head in five seconds. But why would a company begin in that area? It's because they believe that they're able to offer the customers something different than everyone else. That little piece, that golden piece of information is what customers want to know in order to feel connected to the brands. So a lot of these companies are stripping back all of their, we can do this for you. We can do that for you. Instead, they're sharing their stories of what makes them unique and also why customers want to be shopping with them in regards to storylines of what really makes them special as a brand. Because customers now, I mean, I can't speak for every customer, But when you're buying a luxury good, you need to feel emotionally connected to the brand. And the only way to do that is through storytelling. And the great opportunity, oh my gosh, I get so jazzed about this. The great opportunity is that with the virtual space, you can do that so seamlessly and so beautifully. 
You know, there are so many options and positions that companies can take to do this and to position themselves. But I really think that their priorities come down to now, how do we resonate with our customers? And it's companies like myself or other consulting agencies to say, hey, let's have your people, your salespeople, your trained salespeople be able to tell your story and embed it into the sales process. That is what's going to sell. That's what's going to upsell people. And not so much focused on gaining new customers, but it's retaining the already existing ones. Because I think everyone in retail knows it is immensely expensive to seek new customers. And over 50% of luxury retail customers are return customers. And it actually accounts for over 70% of their revenue year over year, which is mind-blowing to me. So I think that now more than ever, it's a couple of things. It's the customer experience. It's the story. And then third and final, it's really going back to why they started their company to begin with. That's interesting because, again, when we think about how digital has been avoided for so long by luxury brands. It was that that assumption that digital somehow means, you know, being one to many, like I said, but also straying from the heritage of the brand. So I think your point is ultimately that in a way digital reaffirms or can reaffirm that heritage and the why behind the brand, but also amplify it, which I think is really the core benefit that, you know, as we think about growth and as luxury brands in particular think about long-term positioning, that's really that really nice correlation or cross-section of benefits. But let's get into like the tactical side of things, because obviously there is value in virtual experiences and digital presence. But let's define this a little bit more for our listeners, because I know beyond strategy, they're thinking about channel mix, they're thinking about integration of of channels. So when we talk about virtual experience in this case, or, or through the lens of conversation couture, what does that mean to you, to your clients? Like, how is this, how is this implemented? How does it come to life? Yeah, I think that's a really great point to kind of kick off with is what is a virtual experience? It's a question that we get all the time. What is a virtual in-store experience? What is a one-to-one? What is a one-to-many? It's very overwhelming for anyone who's not in this space, who doesn't live and breathe it every day like I do, or like you know a CMO would, or these new amazing positions where companies are hiring chief of CDOs, chief digital officers. So a virtual experience and an online experience are two different things (laughs) to just kind of specify that. So a virtual experience, we'll start there because that's definitely the new terminology that keeps being thrown out. And I'm sure you've heard it a lot too. So a virtual experience is anything that is not in person. You may be saying to yourself, okay, well, doesn't that imply an online experience? So virtual means that you're able to interact with the brand and or a person within the brand, not in person. So A virtual interaction can be anything from setting up a one-to-one appointment. So for example, if you're interested in making a large purchase with a luxury brand, which is actually pretty common, people will want to make a large purchase in the thousands of dollars. Well, this purchase isn't going to be made on a whim. You're usually going to have a couple of conversations with the sales specialist or the person you're working with or doing a ton of research before you decide to spend 
tens of thousands of dollars on an item. So that piece of it is really interesting. So we call it a virtual experience, but most customers know it as a virtual appointment. (laughs) COVID definitely coined that term, a virtual appointment. So you could stay in touch with your customers, your existing customers, and potentially anyone that's new and coming into your site. If they're curious about your brand, you can do a virtual one-to-one meeting with a sales professional to go through a normal interaction as if you were in person. There are now tiers to this, which is incredible. So Instagram, I think, has like started the one-to-many live streaming. And that's typically what people know when they hear live streaming or live shopping. Before the QVC days <laughs> um, or during the QVC days, you know, the one-to-many approach was the it experience. But now there's technology that can facilitate a one-to-one in-store shopping experience with trained professionals. I can drop a couple brands that I actually think does do a really great job with this. Shout out to Clarins and Watches of Switzerland. Y'all do a great job of this facilitation of a one-to-one customer experience. The thing is, is when you're offering a one-to-one virtual experience, you need to have people that are dedicated to that role And that's the missing piece that a lot of companies are missing, where you can't expect someone from a sales floor or a sales floor background to just jump in to facilitating a conversation with a customer in a virtual setting. The cadence is different. The questions are different. The interaction is night and day. Then you have your one-to-many approach where live streaming companies will do a streaming of their store, present, and it's kind of like a QVC interaction like it was in the past. But now instead of talking about multiple brands, it's talking about that one unique brand. But in luxury specifically, I would highly suggest brands only focusing on a one-to-one approach. A one-to-many approach is fine in a social media aspect to for customers to gauge information and research on the products that the company is selling. But when you're actually interacting with customers, a one-to-one approach feels as though you are getting that exclusivity feeling. You're getting that luxurious feeling. I like to use an example of the luxury gift card where you don't have to buy a physical gift card for people. You can do a luxury virtual gift card where you can interact on a one-to-one interaction with someone your special someone set aside a certain number of items to select from. And through a one-to-one virtual interaction, you can select it in real time. That's something that makes customers feel so exclusive, so unique. And it's something that luxury retailers are adapting. So that's a virtual experience. And it has to do with two people interacting either over camera or one person's on camera. I don't know about you. If I'm doing online shopping at home, I don't want to be on camera. <laughs> so, so, but I don't have a problem looking at the other person on camera. So, but it's really nice because you can see the products and so on and so forth. So then you have your chat box, which is, I swear I could do, we could do an entire series on chat boxes alone, but it's more so, okay, companies know that they need a chat box, but in my opinion, only about 
10% of companies are actually doing a decent job at it. So a company that I think does a phenomenal job with the chat box is actually Spanx. They do a phenomenal job with communicating with their customers and directing them into a place where they're in the right place, but also talking to a trained sales professional to drive sales. I've actually used them as like a training and a baseline for a lot of clients that we work with. So online is, in my opinion, through the chat box, is through an online experience, an online interaction, is through a chat box where you have a computer or a phone in many cases that is kind of like a guard that you have up. So people will say and do however they feel on this chat box (laughs) and there's no repercussions because you're not actually talking to the person in a live setting like you are in virtual. So it's even more imperative that companies have their online chat or online communication set up really well. But there is a big difference between a virtual experience and an online chat box experience. And that's where, you know, we come in to educate around that. But uh, I hope that answers your question. It was a little bit down a rabbit hole there about, about the one-to-one. <laughs> no, it's good. It, well, because I think the one thing that, that I've been seeing a lot in, in retail especially is that people have these terms and phrases for things, but like everyone kind of has their own ways of defining them, if that makes sense. Totally. Like I've seen totally. virtual experience be used to describe like a virtual, like a digital showroom that's like very shoppable, whereas like this is very service oriented and and appointment based, which I think kind of reaffirms or or helps bring to light the value for luxury brands. So I'm glad you went into the chat too a little bit because in a way I almost see the two worlds like separately. They're very distinct. They have their own roles and, and purpose from a customer experience standpoint, but they also could kind of tie together, I could imagine. Because like chat is kind of like, okay, like a very high level information that I'm looking for. I just need to look up my order or, you know, I need to change my order or I just have a question. Whereas virtual experiences or virtual appointments are are more contextual, more conversational. So in a way you could start on chat and go to an appointment, right? So you mentioned kind of starting, you'd recommend people starting with like the virtual appointment type experience. So like, are you seeing that crawl, walk, run approach, so to speak, like where they start in one field and then they go to the next and they bring it all together. Like, how are you seeing, how are you seeing these two very different technologies and experiences being implemented within businesses? So I think that, and from what I've seen in businesses is that you need to have both, in my opinion, to be fully functioning, you know, all cylinders, full steam ahead kind of thing. However, When they work together, it's this beautiful synchronicity of creating an outstanding experience for your customers. So what I mean by that is, let's just say, for example, someone comes to your website, they're a brand new customer. They see that they can set up a one-to-one appointment, a virtual appointment with someone. And when they select the time, they can meet with someone in less than five minutes or then and there to actually have a conversation in a virtual setting. It pulls up a video of someone being in their store and they're able to do a one-to-one in-store experience through live streaming. And then on the flip side, you have a customer that's like, okay, I'm here. I just have a couple of questions and I just need to be directed to the right person. The chat box has two different functions. And this is something that we help retailers define 
pretty quickly on in a run speed. (laughs) So you have your customer experience, your salespeople, and then you have your help people, meaning your the people who are helping with your returns, who are helping with questions about refunds. You have your sales team and your customer service. So defining those two different things is essential. And a lot of technology now actually has a bot that's super simple to say, selecting, you know, return and or order questions or tracking questions, click here. And then the other box below it says I'm shopping or something along those lines. So you're immediately directed to the right person. Should you want to be engaging with someone online? The tricky part is we're so used to an anonymous shopping experience online Many customers are not used to or don't want to be interacting with people in an online and virtual format simply because they're not used to it. But in luxury, it's a very different environment than fast fashion. So understanding that facilitating a luxurious experience on your website, offering help in every area is imperative to the success. So when you have a virtual experience available and you have a chat box available, depending upon the comfort level of that person, you're then able to, the customer is able to select the avenue that they feel more comfortable having a conversation in. And when working together, the customer is a return customer, meaning they have purchased something before, not they're returning something. They are actually returning to purchase something again. They may say to themselves, okay, well, I had a great conversation with someone over a one-to-one experience last time. I just have a couple quick questions. I'll chat with them on the chat box. You need to have a live person available to talk to your person, to your people, just like you do in your one-to-one. I think bots are really great when you're off hours or when you're trying trying to toggle or navigate your customers into the right place. They're not great for asking questions. I think I was on an airline chat box a couple of days ago and I was so frustrated. It was just a bot and sending me FAQs over the chat box. And I'm like, this is not helping me. And then they finally (laughs) gave me a phone number to call. And I'm like, well, this was a huge waste of my time. Luxury retailers do not have the luxury of putting their customers off like that because there is so much competition. But also, you want those returning customers to return again and again and remember that their online experience parallels their in-store experience. And if they know that, they're going to come back to you. And remember, 50 to 70% of their revenue is required from their returning customers. So it's essential that they work together, both virtual and online experiences. Yep. A hundred percent. So many good insights there, Olivia, not to go down on an even bigger <laughs> rabbit hole because I know we're, we're coming up at that time together, but I'm curious on like what you've been seeing around, like obviously branded e-commerce experience, right? We have these two very distinct channels, great tips on how to optimize them and show that parallel with the in-person experience. But obviously, if you're going to invest in tech, you want to make sure people know that it exists, you want to promote it, you want to get people from point A to point B, right? So are you seeing luxury brands do anything different or unique as far as tying these virtual experiences, you know, virtual appointments, chat? to their other owned 
channels, right? Like social media is one that immediately comes to mind for me because I'm like, oh, like you want to promote appointments or even in store, right? Like you saw us in store, but like, let's continue the conversation. Like we're there whenever you need us. Are you seeing anything interesting happening there? Again, I'm sure there's variants depending on the company and, and the brand promise, but curious. Absolutely. Totally a loaded question. But one thing that I will, but one thing that <laughs> Let's I will, do the best we can. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that I will say is that social media is an amazing advertising tool for luxury brands. It creates a, I want to have this mentality and it's used primarily from what I've seen with numbers and conversions and sales. It's used for research for buyers. And most people, if not everyone, is on social media and they're researching products on a daily basis. So if you're giving them another greater place and convenience to produce quicker purchases or purchases that are simply done, I think that that's amazing for a lot of fast fashion brands. But for luxury and specifically, it's used for research. And it may toggle them to another place to go shopping, or it may toggle them to be like, okay, when maybe over the weekend, I'm going to you know, buy that bag I keep seeing that I really, really want. But I think in general, we've taken a little bit of a step back, especially with the metaverse. I think there were a lot of trend reports like the metaverse is going to take over. But in general, like customers, I mean... I don't even really know how to specifically define metaverse in general and how it relates to the consumers and their purchases. So it's hard to define. And if we can't define it as the decision makers, I'm telling you the customers don't know how to use it as a consumer. So I think taking a step back in 2023, that's definitely going to be a trend of but focusing more on being authentic. And that's what social media facilitates and is used for. Got it. That's great. So as far as the challenges or the gaps that you're seeing that you're hoping are going to be closed, I guess, over the next year and beyond, it's kind of reprioritizing that core brand promise and and just making sure everything connects together? Or are there any other particular areas you're hoping um, you'll see luxury brands prioritize over 2023 and beyond? I think in general, luxury is trying to understand where their budget allocation should go. Should it go more towards technology? Should it go towards driving more traffic? Should it go towards investing heavily into social media like Instagram or TikTok? But I think the biggest gap and the thing missing specifically is the experience. And that's only facilitated with trained and upskilled people to actually facilitate that interaction for the customer. And I think that gap, that missing puzzle piece, like going back to my little magic trifecta, the training aspect of it is a huge gap for most retailers to, you know, enhance that digital experience, that virtual experience for their customers. So if I had a wish, I think, and I would recommend highly that budget allocation isn't only looked at for the new and hip technology. If you're going to do that, if you're going to be, you know, investing in driving traffic, through multiple channels, you also need to be taking a step back and looking at, okay, how is the experience with for my customers when they get to my website? Are they being greeted? Are they being assisted? Are they being helped? Are they being ups? Are they having an opportunity to have an upsell opportunity? How are we keeping in contact with these people? 
How are we retaining them? Instead of recruiting, how are we retaining? So I think that that has everything to do with the third piece of the trifecta, which is training. So I think that's the biggest piece and the biggest gap. Awesome. Well, Olivia, really appreciate your perspectives and just getting that first hand take. I know you started this business as someone on the outside, right? And <laughs> yes. therefore a person who is in the right spot to identify the the challenges, the gaps and, and create solutions. But now, um, you know, this is your bread and butter, so to speak. But before I let you go, I do want to get your take on, you know, where do you think this luxury market is going just based on the conversations you've been been having, the trends you've been tracking? Because like, I know that we've seen pretty stable consumer behaviors, even increases in demand for luxury goods. And, you know, I'm curious if you're expecting this to continue and, and in turn that you'll see that budget allocation increase towards technology and innovation? Because I do feel like there is a connection there, right? Like where there's demand, you need to invest and you need to differentiate. So what do you think luxury has in store over the next year or so? Luxury is in this beautiful stage of really figuring out what's going to make sense for their brands. But I think that when it comes to technology and innovation, it's taking the human element in combination with the technology to facilitate an incredible experience for customers. Technology and selecting that is more or less the easy part of things where you're like, okay, this technology is going to work great. I love how it operates. It's seamless and it's there. I can't tell you how many really cool technology companies we've come into contact with and also partner with as well, but it's combining the harder part of the human element. I think if the last couple of years with us all craving more human interaction, brick and mortar isn't going anywhere, but it's for companies to find ways to parallel that in person to a virtual interaction and maintaining that luxury feeling, that luxury experience for customers. So it's a combination of technology facilitating really well with human to human interaction. I think that's the biggest thing that's going to be moving into 2023. Amazing. Well, Olivia, really appreciate the time, the insight. You always you know, have a way of digging into the trends and what they really mean, not just at a macro level, but for individual businesses. So really appreciate the time. And and it was great meeting you. Thanks again so much for taking the time out. Thank you so much for having me. I get so jazzed up and excited whenever I get to have a conversation about trends and what's going to be moving on into the future and creating a luxurious experience for customers in a virtual and online setting. So thank you so much for the chat today. And it was lovely meeting you. Absolutely. And I hope this isn't the last time. I hope we keep the conversation going. And that's where all of our listeners come into the fold. So to all of you listening right now, if you have any follow up questions for Olivia, or if you want to weigh in on this topic and what you're seeing in the luxury realm, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line on Twitter at our touch points or on LinkedIn at retail touch points. We'll make sure Olivia is tagged as well. So she is in the know about these conversations. And if you have any thoughts or feedback for us about today's episode or the series 
series as a whole. We would love to hear from you. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, frankly, anywhere else. We are likely there. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. We're having new conversations like this weekly, digging into the latest macro trends and industry-specific trends that you should keep note of for your business moving forward. So subscribe, and that way you will get the newest episodes delivered right to your preferred device. That's it for now, everyone. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.